Who owns the facts? Who owns the news? Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott. This is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Gentlemen, I saw one of those stories that just made my blood boil a little bit. Um, This was was the uh, Wall Street Journal editor-in-chief, and I tend to like the Wall Street Journal. Their editor-in-chief, Emma Tucker, was speaking at the WEF Davos retreat, which, you know, automatically that starts to make your skin crawl a little bit. But she said, if you go back not that long ago, we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers, and we very much own the facts as well. It is said, or if it, let me try that again. If it said it in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news, and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. Um, Bill? I'm just going to turn it over to you to respond to what uh, Mrs. Tucker had to say. Well, my first response would be, physician, heal thyself, for thy has shot thine own foot off. And, and, uh, and, and you know, you're not supposed to do that. Um, you know, I think probably the most interesting thing about this, Steve, is just the, just, just the sheer hubis of, of saying unironically that we used to own the facts. You know, just the sheer un- unadulterated arrogance of that. Um, facts are facts and stories are stories. History is history. Access to those things used to be limited to multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar companies with worldwide reach that could send cameras into the field. And then you satellite uplinks and all the rest of it to get to get the news back to where it was. Then an editor would cut the news. And if they had any integrity, it'd be more or less what happened. But if they didn't, they'd put their individual spin on it. And most people haven't seen the speech where Walter Cronkite accepted the award for the One World Government uh, organization that he believes so much in. Walter Cronkite wanted the United States to be essentially a postal address. So so what they're lamenting is they're lamenting the fact that, that, the, uh, the, that the facts are out of the barn and, uh, and it's too late to close the door behind them. So this presents a, 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 a problem. The, the good news is, is that there are now there are no longer any gatekeepers to the truth. And that's a big benefit for everybody. That means you can go and find the truth through multiple sources. And frankly, the, the most reliable reporting on the truth I see nowadays is when somebody just takes their, their, their iPhone and records what actually happens and uploads it without comment to the, to the uh, internet. That's, that's practically the same as being there with your own lying eyes. One of the problems you do get is, is that you get a lot of, of fake news and you get a lot of um, news that either, either intentionally or accidentally uh, turns out not to be true. I suppose there was a, a, a golden age where, not, not where the news was ever unbiased, but I'm, I know for a fact there was an age where, where journalism made a major effort to, to strike out inaccuracies. And then the only way you could triangulate on the on the actual truth would be the what the seventeen newspapers in New York or around nineteen hundred or so, and educated people would get the liberal newspaper, the conservative newspaper, they'd get the financial newspaper, and 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 they'd read all three and try and figure out you know what the truth is. But on balance, on balance, despite the the misinformation possibilities, I think it's great that people like that no longer control their facts. And um, and if they want to know why people no longer allow them to control their facts, it's because they refer to yeah, them as their the, facts. Yeah, the hubris involved in that is just, it's just striking. It's, it's just a huge tell. Although, I got to tell you, for years before the Internet really just replaced the need for the physical news, um, 
for years, I got the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Daily of where whatever city it was I happened to live in. And I figured that by cross-referencing three different papers in that way, I was getting spun in three different directions, and I had no idea what was going on. Uh, Scott, <laughs> uh, Emma Tucker did go on to say uh, something that was maybe a little less offensive and I think a little more up your alley. So I'm going to throw this next quote to you. She said, so it's no longer good enough for us to say this is what happened or this is the news. We almost have to explain our working. So readers expect to understand how we source stories. They want to know how we go about getting stories. We have to sort of lift the bonnet, as it were, in a way that newspapers aren't used to doing and explain to people what we're doing. We need to be much more transparent about how we go about collecting the news. Now, Scott, I think that is a noble statement she just made. The problem is, when I look around me, I think it's mostly BS or wishful thinking. Well, it probably is. However, I like the idea. And when you were saying that, what I thought of was a scientific journal. When you report the results of your study, you also report on your methodology. Now, as we've seen in recent history, and I read another article today about uh, something like this, but there's a lot of problems in scientific journals too. And, you know, the overall problem is that humans are producing all this stuff. And so it's never going to be flawless. It's always going to be biased, uh, either wittingly or unwittingly. Um, and uh, But I do like the idea of, of reporting on the methodology. I was listening to NPR this morning and I thought, uh, I forget what the story was about, but I remember thinking the the opinion of the reporter is so obvious in this story to everybody but the reporter uh, that there there may need to be something where they should just start off the story and they go, look, this is my opinion about this story. Now, I went out and tried to cover it in an unbiased manner, but I wanted you to know up front how I feel. Uh, it, it just overtly state it instead of shielding it behind ways of using adjectives and and just kind of slyly putting in questions or modifiers or things that that an unbiased person would would never employ. So so yeah, that's a that's a great idea from the editor and I think the editor's real point there wasn't so much that they owned the facts. It's just that there weren't very many distribution points for the facts. And so there were there were so few distributors of the facts so called uh, that really they became the de facto directors of your attention. And so you know at any given day in the world there are millions of potential news stories, but we don't hear about them all. Even if you read every news source in the world, you wouldn't get all the things that could be significant happening in the world today. And so you know uh, Walter Cronkite's claim that that's the way it is, which is how he used to end his newscasts. Uh, well, yeah, that's the way it is on the six stories that you did on tonight's newscast, but it's not the way it is. Uh, it's just the way you see it. It's the, what you've chosen to show us. So I actually think this is this is wonderful that people in the media are openly saying things like this. And I, in fact, I think you can grow your audience by openly acknowledging that you have not cornered the market on facts and that you are human beings who are vulnerable to distortion and to self-deception. Um, and it, it reminds me again of uh, something I experienced when I was a rookie reporter at the Center Daily Times in central Pennsylvania. And they sent me to a conference of journalists, uh, may have been sponsored by the Associated Press in uh, Harrisburg. And I'm sitting in this seminar and these uh, older reporters are all sitting there in the room and they're all talking 
about how they think there really should be like a, a kind of a license to be a professional <laughs> journalist. And the reason for that is so that people people would respect us like they do doctors. Mm -hmm. You know, you would have this license on the wall. And, uh, you know, little 20-year-old or 21-year-old Scott Ott raises his hand and I said, you know what? I don't think I want people to trust us any more than they already do. In fact, the argument could be made that I think they already trust us with too much. They don't see the process of making the sausage. They don't realize how we go to press when we have to go to press, not when we've got it right or got it complete. They don't see the motivations and the biases and the political bents of the editors and the reporters in these stories. So, no, I'd rather not have them turn over their brains to us and saying, well, this guy's a professional journalist. Look, he's got a certificate. Um, you know, it reminds me of one of the one of the uh, gifts that the wizard <laughs> gave in The Wizard of Oz. You know, it's just like, there are people no smarter than you, but they have something that you lack. Please. <laughs> Steve, can I just add one thing to that? Because Scott brought up something that's really important that most people don't realize. They, when we think about censorship, it's often we think that they that they spin a story a certain way, and they do. But but in, I think the larger part of it is them deciding which stories to cover and which ones to not cover. And this is where something like X is really valuable, because X is kind of like the market of what's interesting in the world, where where. You've got you've got millions and millions and millions and millions of people who are checking, living all around the world, checking all these different sources, and to some degree, the the tweets and the stuff that get that get um, favored are the ones that people agree on are interesting. So stories that can come out of nowhere uh, get past this. But again, it's just getting past the editorial board of people who are so much smarter than we are and so anxious to tell us about it every day. That yeah, it's definitely a net gain as far as I'm Bill, Back when uh, Fox News was actually pretty conservative, uh, I stumbled across a network, I think, in 1998 or 1999. It was still pretty young, and <laughs> hell, so was I back then. And they were doing a story on EPA abuse of uh, some guy's property because it had a, a tiny little pond on it that could be construed as a wetland, and now he was losing control of his of his own property. I'm like, oh my, you wouldn't see this yep. on on CBS. You wouldn't read about this in the New York Times. This is great that somebody is is covering this kind of big government abuse of the little guy. And I just I I want that Fox News back, um, but. It's yes. supposed to be adversarial. That's how it works. Is it has exactly. to be adversarial, I not would love advocating to see more of that again. Um, I think Scott though really hit it on the uh, hit the nail on the head with the, the issue of trust. Where we, we, whether or not they deserve it or have earned it, we tend to imbue a lot of trust in in newspapers because you know they, they used to at least used to look so stately and you hold it in your hand it was something solid and you get the, the stuff on your fingers you'd have to wash off and it was a real experience and tv networks you know they're going to all this great expense they've got the fancy sets they've got the guy out in the field surely we can trust them to to, to get it right and the more we learn the more we learn that we can't really trust them and we shouldn't really trust them and it reminded me of a story we did on this very show not too long ago about how Body cams have allowed us to trust the police a lot more than we ever used to be able to trust them, because when there are bad cops out there, still believe me, but the ones who are the ones who are keeping their body cams on all the time, like they're supposed to, we get to see what actually happened, not just the police report, not just the journalist bias write-up of what happened. We get to see what actually happened, and that's why I am here today to propose body cams for journalists. 
you know you want them. That's your right angle on that, brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. For Bill and Scott, I'm Steve Green. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.